Hi, and welcome back to Becca Babbles Podcast. I'm your host, Becca. I'm a certified personal trainer, holistic health coach, and future chiropractor on my way to figuring out this thing we called life. Now, let's get babbling. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Becca Babbles Podcast. And I am really excited today because I'm finally recording my Lines Main podcast that I wanted to record for you guys for a while now. It's just been kind of crazy in my life right now, but I've finally been able to sit down and be in the actual mental space to record this podcast because I feel like when I get into the super like sciencey ones, I love them, but at the same time, I'm also just like, I want to make sure I get all the information right and correct and the pronunciation instead of like just talking about my own personal experience, which like is important. But at the same time, I want to make sure I'm getting you guys the right information when I'm doing the more like sciencey ones. Um, and so there's a lot more notes and a lot more checking my notes throughout these podcasts. So just got to be in the right mental space. But the reason why I was able to actually make this whole podcast was because I was doing a paper for my ICR class, which is also called Introduction to, is it Clinical Research? I think it's Clinical Research. I don't know. I might be completely wrong, but basically it was a research class on how to like format a research paper um, and looking for good research papers and stuff like that. So in the class, I had to write a paper and I had to come up with a PICO statement, which I don't exactly know what PICO stands for. I probably should, but I forgot. Um, It's kind of like a thesis, I think. But anyway, so through that, I had to come up with a PICO statement and then find eight research papers which I won't go through in this entire podcast because then that would take forever but I had to find eight research papers that would then um, answer my PICO statement or question and for me I actually I thought I was going to do one about how chiropractic care could help female athletes with ACL injuries because if you don't know this but young female athletes are more likely to get ACL tears just because when they're going through puberty um, females hips will grow because they're getting ready for birth and stuff like that Um, and so they will have wider hips and that angle on their knee is extremely Like there's a lot of strain being put there, especially with the repetitive movements that athletes are doing for their sport. And so they're more likely to tear their ACL compared to males. So I was going to do a paper all about how like could chiropractic care then help with that. And I'm still interested in that topic, but somehow I don't know what came up, but I had been experiencing like low energy or I was really interested in like figuring out how I could help with my memory and retention and cognitive performance during school. And I, if you don't know this, but I, I can drink caffeine. Um, I just prefer not to just because caffeine is a stimulant. It's, it's a drug. Um, and there is withdrawal with that. It, 
I'm not saying you can't ever have coffee, you can't ever have caffeine or caffeine is bad or anything. But for me, it's like I would rather choose it for like when I really, really need it instead of making it something part of my routine. Um, And also, I would like to not use something that does have withdrawal symptoms to it. Um, If you actually think about it, coffee or just caffeine in general, if it wasn't as popular as it is or like socially acceptable it would probably be on the drug market like it could definitely be on the drug market if like um if it wasn't so socially acceptable but since it is everyone kind of thinks it's like normal and acceptable but that's a whole nother rabbit hole I could go down on how like probably kids should not be drinking as much caffeine as they are right now but that's besides the point um but also I'm super sensitive to caffeine I don't know if it's just because I never really drank coffee when I was little um I know that I had a few frappuccinos here and there when I was little and I was like obsessed with that but then I can be really stubborn and I was like if I'm gonna drink coffee I need to drink coffee Um, and in my opinion, I feel like most coffee nowadays is like not even coffee. It's creamer and sugar and a fancy milkshake. And then you got flavor of coffee. Um, so that's just my opinion with that. So then I didn't drink very much coffee. And so now when I do drink black coffee or just coffee in general, I'm super sensitive. I get really jittery. Um, I have to make sure I'm going and doing some sort of workout or like I'm extremely exhausted. Um, But even then, I find myself just being exhausted and then jittery and it doesn't really help me. So I wanted to find a different alternative that could maybe help me with my cognitive performance, attention, memory, all those fun things during school. Because as a student, my like the most important thing to me is how my brain works, how my brain functions, because that's how I'm going to learn all the information that I need to learn and also help with my future patients. Um, And that's where I got really interested into lion's mane. And I wanted to do my research paper on figuring out if lion's mane could help with students and their cognitive performance in school. And if you don't already know, lion's mane is a type of mushroom. Now, I'm not talking about like the magical mushrooms where you go and like have like LSD or something like that. It's not like that, Um, but it is a mushroom. They call it a hedgehog mushroom just because of the way that it looks, which I find it really funny because people will be like, it looks like a lion's mane. And that's where it's got its name from. But they also call it the hedgehog mushroom because it looks like a hedgehog. Like go look up a picture of lion's mane right now. Let me know. Do you think it looks more like a lion's mane or does it look more like a hedgehog? For me, I feel like it looks more like a weeping willow, if I'm being completely honest. That like tree that looks like really sad and depressed and that's probably why it's called a weeping willow. But basically it's this like really big white and shaggy mushroom. Um, It's also it's like plant name is I hope I don't butcher the name, but it's like her Ernest. <laughs> I totally didn't pronounce that right. But um, if you look up lion's mane, you'll probably find that and get the like gist of it. But most of the time you can find lion's mane on a living tree and it's basically like a parasite to the tree and it's feeding off the tree. 
or it's a saffron feeding off a dead tree um, or a dying tree. So like it's just getting all the nutrients from something that's already passing away. And that's what I think about it as. Um, so it's like less sad than like feeding off a living tree. But, you know, that's nature and that's how things work. But if you've ever heard of adaptogens, um, lion's mane is actually a type of adaptogen. And if you don't know what an adaptogen is, there's tons of different types. The one that's most commonly talked about is ashwagandha. And ashwagandha is known for um, bringing you back into balance as far as it goes with like cortisol and stress response. Now, most adaptogens just in general bring you back into balance. That's kind of like, I don't want to say that's the definition of adaptogen, but when people talk about adaptogens, you mostly just hear them say like, it brings you back into balance. And the reason for this is because with ashwagandha, for instance, if you have really high cortisol, which is a stress hormone, then if you take ashwagandha, then it's supposed to bring your cortisol back down to normal because you do want some cortisol or it would be really hard to get out of bed in the morning. Now, let's say you have really low cortisol, which is some people actually have low cortisol. Um, a lot of people talk about having high cortisol, but you can also have really low cortisol. Um, and this could be like dealing with a ton of fatigue and not feeling like you're very motivated. Um, you could have low cortisol. But if you take ashwagandha, ashwagandha can also raise your cortisol levels so that you can get out of bed in the morning and you can feel more motivated to do things. Same thing with lion's mane. It brings your body back into balance, just not cortisol specifically. It's actually known for improving your memory, focus, and the health of your brain, which I think is really cool because not only does it help with your memory and focus in the moment, but it also is just like benefiting your brain for the long term and making it strong and healthy, which I think is really cool compared to like coffee and caffeine to where like there is benefits to coffee and caffeine, but you don't get those withdrawal effects to where with lion's mane, it seems that you are getting health benefits along with taking, um, with taking the supplement. They actually call it the natural Adderall, which I find really interesting. Um, I don't know if it's like as effective as Adderall. Um, probably not because, again, there's going to be some withdrawal effects. And usually the stronger or at least what I have found is the stronger the medication or the supplement you are taking, the like the worse the withdrawal is or the like... Um, the, there's just like some sort of side effect. So it's like it's not as intense um, as Adderall or probably coffee, but like it it still has some sort of effect and you might see some difference. But you can also find lion's mane in a lot of Chinese dishes, which I find really interesting. Maybe that's why people in Asia tend to like have the stereotype of being really smart because they're just like eating a lot of lion's mane. But they say that it tastes like crab or lobster and they actually 
put this in their dishes because they think that it helps with spleen health and it helps nourish the gut and it helps with muscle pain and weakness. So if you're dealing with some gut issues or some muscle pain, maybe take some lion's mane um, or just like have the mushroom. I think it would be really cool to like actually get the mushroom and make some of these dishes. Um, I was trying to look up some recipes and people have different stuff. Some people just like flat out just grill the mushroom. So, you know, maybe just have a grilled mushroom on the side of whatever else you're eating and it might actually taste really good uh, if you're into mushrooms. I don't know. I, I feel like you have to make sure the seasoning is right for a mushroom to taste good. I don't like eating raw mushrooms, but I definitely like mushrooms on my pizza or like the grilled mushrooms when they're grilled right. Um, but lion's mane actually contains some protein, some unsaturated fatty acids, a little bit of carbohydrates, and some trace minerals. So you're getting all that good nutrients in on top of all the benefits that it has. But my first paper basically just like told me how lion's mane could affect the different parts of the body, which I thought was really cool because not only because most of the time you just hear lion's mane being talked about like improving memory and all this stuff but like this way I was able to actually fully understand that lion's mane does so much more than just improve your memory so this gave me like a good overall synopsis of lion's mane and the first one of course was talking about the nervous system which Lion's mane has been shown to regulate and develop neurons and accessory structures. So accessory structures in the nervous system are basically just like supporting structures that help your neurons function. So like your nervous system isn't just made of like your spinal cord and nerves. It's like it's made of a ton of other things that I could totally go into, but there's a lot of information I don't want to overload you. But basically just think of it as like your your little sidekick to your nervous system and your nerves. Um, and one of the things that lion's mane also helps with is with the development of myelin sheaths myelin sheaths, um, which are in your central nervous system. Your nervous system is separated into your central nervous system and your peripheral nervous system. And your central nervous system is mostly made up of your brain and your spinal cord. So just think like the middle part of your body. Um, or I guess like the, yeah, I guess you could say your middle. But your myelin sheaths are these like gooey wrapping around your neurons and it allows the what are called action potentials which is sending the signal to each individual neuron it's allowing that signal to jump and pass the myelin sheaths the myelin sheaths are also for protection but you want that signal to jump because then it happens faster and the faster those jumps happen, the quicker your like response or um, so this could be like a motor skill. So let's say someone's about to slap you in the face. So then you're like, oh, I got a quick response. I'm going to like block the slap in the face. Or if like your teacher was to ask you a question and you're trying to remember what two plus two is for the life of you. And then you're like, uh, your connection might be slower but let's say she asks you and your connection is really fast you're like oh I already know what it is but in this paper lion's mane was shown to help with the regrowth of myelin sheets 
after an injury in adult female rats and it was found to improve the functional or had functional improvements and so this basically means that like not only it does it help with like myelin sheaths in general but also like if you were to have some sort of injury and you need to regrow those myelin sheaths lion's mane would help with the regrowth of the myelin sheaths how many times have I said myelin sheaths? I feel like this could be a drinking game at this point, but um, I will keep that down to a minimum at this point. But the next part of this paper also showed that lion's mane helped with Alzheimer's, depression disorder, anxiety, cognitive impairment, because it helped with the regulation of cytokines, MAPKs, and the transcription factors by lowering unnecessary inflammation. I know that was a lot of words, but cytokines are inflammatory, like small little proteins that the body sends out that shows that there's like some sort of inflammation or some sort of like immune response that needs to be acted upon. And there have been a ton of different studies showing that like maybe depression and anxiety has developed because there is inflammation in the brain. And if you can lower that inflammation, then maybe this certain person or this group of people wouldn't be dealing with as much of those like negative side effects of depression and anxiety. Now the next system that this paper covered about how lion's mane affects the body is the digestive system. When you take lion's mane it was shown to inhibit the growth of Hector bacterial pylori, which is basically a type of bacteria that could infect your stomach and small intestine. And the reason why you don't want this bacteria is because then you could then end up with all these gut issues. Um, I know there is like, your body is made of a ton of bacteria and there's good bacteria and bad bacteria, but you definitely don't want this type of bacteria because it would be under the category of bad bacteria and you would experience a lot of digestive issues. Lion's mane was also shown to improve your liver function by decreasing your triglycerol levels, which is like always great. Um, Everyone's always trying to lower their triglyceride levels in like this day and age. Um, And you know, a little extra, I'm not saying like lion's mane like is going to completely remove any liver dysfunction that you have um you're definitely going to have to just like improve your diet in general but it's nice to see that like hey by taking this i might be giving my liver some extra care because we all know our liver needs more care um i'm definitely excited to learn more about the liver in my schooling because i want to do a whole podcast on how your liver is just a lot more than detoxifying alcohol your liver does a lot more than just like dealing with alcohol and I feel like most people just think that's what the liver does so anyways um, the next system was the circulatory system that the paper discussed and it showed that by taking lion's mane it helped decrease the plasma triglycerides total cholesterol LDL cholesterol and glucose levels The next system was the immune system and this one was really cool because it had three different types of effects. So the first effect by taking lion's mane was by increasing the antioxidants activity and reducing oxidative stress 
which is basically like if you've ever heard people say eat more blueberries so you can get your antioxidants to reduce your oxidative stress this is basically where your body is producing releasing molecules into your body because of some sort of stress that has been like placed on it um so then that produces that oxidative stress and then the antioxidants kind of like comforts your body and says like hey it's okay we've got this extra support or this extra protection um you do want a good balance of antioxidants to the oxidative stress it's the same thing with like people saying like we got to decrease inflammation well like you need the ability to like have some sort of inflammation to like produce some sort of response because we're creatures that like constantly are adapting to different changes in our environment and if we don't have some sort of inflammation in our body then it can't adapt to anything but most people in today and age have like a ton of oxidative stress a ton of inflammation and we're wanting to decrease it so we can actually adapt to the stress that we're putting on our body Um, because oxidative stress can cause a lot of injury to our cells and tissues and your body does not like that. Um, The second effect is by increasing and enhancing your CD cells, um, specifically your CD 80, your CD 83, your CD 86, and your CD 205. You probably didn't need to know that, but you know, it's sometimes fun to list off numbers. Um, It also helps with your MHC, also known as your major histocompatibility complex. Another big word that's fun to say. Um, And this was basically showing that it helps with regulating chronic inflammation, um, especially for unnecessary inflammation for healing so again back to the whole like we need inflammation in our body but like too much is not a good thing they also said that it improved cancer factors um i want to put like an asterisk next to this because cancer is extremely complicated um different cancers like there needs to be different ways of healing for different cancers it's always nice to see when like something does support cancer um so i'm going to put a little like asterisk for there but it is shown to help increase your cd4 cells and your macrophages which are basically cells that kind of like go in and eat all the bad um debris and uh, cells that are dead or that need to die um, they, the research had found that by injecting lion's mane extract into tumors, it reduced the weight of the tumor and inhibited neuroangiogenesis inside the tumor, which basically means that the tumor can't make any new blood vessels. And the reason why you don't want new blood vessels in a tumor is because if it has new blood vessels, it can get more nutrients and continue to grow. Now, my second paper, I know that was a really long one. I promise the next papers are a lot shorter. But my second paper told me all about how lion's manes, how lion's mane could have a neurological effect on the brain. Um, the first part of the article mes- mentions nerve growth factor, which is also shortened to NGF. And NGF is known for preventing neural death, so neuron death, um, promoting outgrowth of neurotitis, uh, supporting 
synapsis function, enhancing memory function, and maintaining the organization of your neuron function. It has been shown that a decrease in NGF can lead to issues in Alzheimer's, and this is because the cell, if it doesn't have NGF, the cell can't trigger specific cell death, and you want your cells to be able to program themselves to have death because if it's not working properly it needs to be like okay I'm going to peace out because I know I'm not working well and I'm the like Spartacus of everything except you don't want all your cells to die I feel like there would have been a better analogy for this but that's the only one I can think of right now but basically you want your cells to be like hey I'm not working well so I'm gonna die for the rest of you because I want you to live so I'm gonna sacrifice myself um, and if you don't have enough of NGNF then your cells won't be able to be like hey peace out um, also it can put a lot of stress on your endoplasmic reticulum which is a little organelle inside each and every one of your cells that help package and make proteins that will then be shipped off to what is called a Golgi apparatus which will then like package everything and ship those off to the specific place that it needs to go um, but also your endoplasmic reticulum if it isn't a if it's extremely stressed it won't be able to produce that a apoptotic pathway which is basically program cell death if it's too stressed because it has like so much going on it's kind of like that really stressed mom where she's just like I just I can't handle it anymore there's too many things um so I have to like prioritize what I can do and if it has too many things going on or too much stress then it has to prioritize what it needs to do and so it can't program cell death to the cells that like need to die um and then that can then develop into neurodegenerative diseases. The research also showed by isolating, here we go, here's a really long word that I'm really nervous to pronounce, dilonylphosphatylamine. <laughs> I promise I searched up before this podcast how to pronounce, I even have a little note on here, and I completely forgot how to pronounce it, but it's completely fine. Um, it's also called DLPE, so I might just say that if it pops up again, but by isolating DLPE from lion's mane, it caused the reduction in the endoplasmic reticulum stress by decreasing the neural cell death of neural 2A cells via protein kinase C pathway. In other words, basically meaning that this compound prevented extra stress on the endoplasmic reticulum by causing that would then be causing extra debris to build up so you want that debris to go away because if you have too much surrounding you then that's causing more stress and inflammation i also thought this article was really cool because the researchers were able to implement a double blind parallel group placebo controlled clinical study if you don't know what that means, it's totally fine. And they're just, that means that there was a lot of regulations so that they can make sure that there wasn't a lot of placebo, also known as like, if you've ever heard of the placebo effect, it basically means that like, if someone was to like be given a sugar pill and they were told like, hey, this is going to make you stronger. And then they're like, oh my gosh, I feel like I 
am able to lift like 50 pounds and it literally didn't do anything. That's kind of like the placebo effect. So anyways, they performed a study that had an oral administration of lion's mane to 50-year-olds to 80-year-olds with mild cognitive impairment, basically just meaning um, they had like memory or processing issues um, or it was hard for them to think. Uh, kind of like retrieving information and the treatment with lion's mane showed an increase in scores of cognitive function scale compared to the placebo group. Um, This also helped to see an improvement in cognitive function with the lion's mane compared to the group that didn't have lion's mane is basically what it's saying. So that's really cool Um, and I kind of it's I went back and forth because I was like, well, this paper is like more with older people, but let's say you were dealing with some cognitive issues, then this paper basically showed you like, hey, if you are dealing with some issues, maybe let's say you had a concussion or something. I'm not saying this because I did not look up a paper about concussions, so like don't take my word for this, but let's say like you did have some sort of cognitive issue like a concussion, um, maybe lion's mane could help. Now, my third and fifth paper helped me better understand the power and limitations of lion's mane because, like, every substance has its limitations. Um, You just have to, like, fully understand what it is, and these papers help me understand that. And one paper, I think it was my third paper, was trying, was testing the hypothesis of saying that, like, okay, when you're weak and frail, that usually means you're going to have some sort of cognitive decline. And if you ever heard of the saying of like, you break a hip that leads to the hospital, less movement than less cognitive decline. That's kind of their process of saying that because like when an older person tends to break their hip, they're going to sit in the hospital and they're not going to do much. They're not moving around. They're not using their brain uh, to move. And so then that then leads them to not use their brain and it's back to that whole like if you don't use it you lose it um it's not only for your muscles but it's also for your brain and this study was showing the effects of lion's mane on locomotor and cognitive decline if you don't know what locomotion means it's basically the ability to move in one direction um so things like walking marching running jumping crawling hopping climbing galloping Sliding, skipping, and leaping. Um, I've never heard someone say, I'm going to go leaping today. But if you are, super cool. Um, I wish I had the confidence to say that or to just do that. I will do the little like run and like click your heels together sort of thing because that's fun. Um, Also, I find it makes people laugh. But I never go, hey, I'm going to go leaping today. But basically, the study that they did was a blind study with 15 male rats um, from varying age groups starting at 11 months old, and they took two months of an oral supplementation of lion's mane. And they found that there was an increase in recognition memory compared to the group that didn't take lion's mane. They also found that there was an increase in new neurons in the hippocampus and the cerebellum with the group that did take lion's mane. Now, if you don't know what the hippocampus is, the hippocampus is deep within your brain. Um, It's known for helping with memory formation. So 
your short-term and long-term memory. It also helps with spatial navigation. So, like, you know when your parents are like, why do you always need a GPS to go everywhere? Um, your hippocampus is supposed to help you, like, not always use your GPS. Um, but I feel like in today's day and age, we don't trust our navigation system in our brains as much as we should. Um and I think it's more just like because we have so many things to do um, that we don't want to like accidentally forget where we're going. Um, but the hippocampus is also good for learning because it helps you make those new connections to new information that you have with knowledge that you already knew. So that's why if you've ever heard someone talk about how you should make associations or like analogies because you probably already understand a certain topic more than the topic that you're learning right now, obviously, because it is new. And so to retain that information better, if you're able to connect it to something you already know, you're more likely to create those new associations um, to the new information because you're linking it to something that you already know. If you know how to cook a cake and then you're trying to figure out how to cook brownies, I actually don't know if there's a similarity to brownies or cake, but let's just let's just say there is. Um, and you already have the cake recipe memorized, then if there is a recipe for brownies and you're trying to memorize the recipe for brownies, if you're like, hey, it's kind of like the cake recipe, then like you can already make that association so that you can remember those ingredients or the way that you make the brownies. Now just make sure when you want to go back to make the cake, you don't accidentally make brownies or you might have to say that that was an intentional mistake. Um, but the hippocampus is also known for emotional and mood regulation. And the reason for that is because it's connected to a structure called the amygdala, which is known for like regulating your emotions and is connected to your prefrontal cortex, which is in your a part of your brain that is known for regulating your mood. So lots of things going on in the hippocampus. So definitely want to make sure that you're getting new neurons and improving the function of your hippocampus. But your cerebellum, if you don't know what that is, if you look at a picture of a brain, your typical brain is like usually the picture, the big part, the picture of your cerebrum. Um, and your cere cerebellum, they call it your little brain because it's in the back on the lower part. Um, it usually, I think, in pictures are darker, um, but your cerebellum is known for helping with coordination, balance, posture, and some cognitive function. They're still doing more research on that, but usually it's known for like balance and coordination. So if you're like falling around all over the place, Maybe you need to work on some more balancing exercises to improve your cerebellum. So you definitely want to make sure that you're increasing neurons in both of those areas. But in the study, they found that there was no improvements in, locomo in the locomotion test. Um, they didn't specifically actually talk about the test very much. Um, and I'd almost like to see exactly what they did because I know in weightlifting, there has been shown to increase cogn um, cognitive performance because if you're doing different exercises moving in different planes of motion you're learning new things like your body is going to have to make these new neural connections um 
And so that's why you might be like feeling like a wobbly giraffe when you're doing side lunges and because you're not only having to stabilize but you're also having to do a new movement if you're not used to moving in the like in that certain plane um so sometimes I kind of question that but I guess because you're taking something instead of like actually doing something that might be the reason but in my fifth paper I was super excited because it was my first double-blind placebo-controlled parallel group, and in this study, the researchers tested the improvements of cognitive function and subs in subjects for 12 weeks after supplementing um, with 0.8 grams of powder that was made from lion's mane, and they supplemented daily, and they did these three different tests. The first test was a mini mental state examination. They also did a visual retention test and a standard verbal paired association learning test. And the results of the test or the study was a significant improvement in the mini mental state examination with the supplementation of lion's mane compared to the group that didn't take lion's mane. Um, they actually did this test before and they found that it didn't work as well. So this paper actually helped me realize that like, okay, so I might take lion's mane at the beginning and I might get some focus improvement, but then that's probably why they call it like the natural Adderall, but I'm probably also going to have to continue to take lion's mane to actually get um, the effects of like more memory retention. So my focus might improve, but the the memory retention, the building of the myelin sheets, like that's going to have to take a little bit longer. So just keep that in mind anytime you are actually taking lion's mane. Now my fourth paper actually showed me the mental changes in the brain um, that could happen by taking lion's mane, which is really interesting because I know everyone's always trying to improve their mental health. Now I'm not saying that like lion's mane is going to supplement going to therapy or working on your um, restrictive mindsets or anything like that, but you know, anything is nice to take if it can help. And they actually did a study of an ethanol extract of lion's mane and gave it to depressive mice, um, which I'm honestly interested to see what a depressed mouse looks like. Like, how do you know this mouse is depressed and this one's not besides like it not eating, but then it would be kind of hard to make it eat lion's mane. Um, I guess that's why they did the extract instead of probably actually getting at the mushroom. But anyways, they gave a depressed mice a repeated challenge by uh, resistant stress. Um, and they did it doing three different exercises. The first one was a tail suspension test, which, you know, when people talk about how like mice shouldn't be tested in certain ways, I, um, I see why. Because when I read this paper, I was kind of sad to hear all the tests that they had to go through but you know like you you got to test something uh to figure out the effects of something so they did a suspension test uh they also did a forced swimming test and an increasing time in open arms test uh the mice were given 100,200 or 400 milligrams per kilogram per body weight uh, for four weeks of lion's mane and then they were put through these tests for two weeks. 
The researchers found that the control group mice had decreased levels of neuroepinephrine, dopamine, and serotonin compared to the group that had been given lion's mane. They also found an activation of BDNF, which is also called brain-derived neurofactor. And if you don't know what that is, uh, brain-derived neurofactor helps with preventing damage of your neurons and maintaining the network of your neurons. It also helps with increased growth and branching of your dendrites, which are like little extensions off of your neurons. Um, it helps with the strength of synapses. And synapses are, if you had two neurons lined up next to each other it's basically the little connection so it's like what almost like someone playing telephone so it's like you telling someone else and that little like you talking into someone's ear that's the little synapse to like transfer the information um so you want that to be super strong because that helps with memory and learning and by strengthening the synapses this actually happens when you are learning new things and going through new experiences so that's why it's always good to go out there and try new things um bdnf is also good for neuro genesis which is the creation of new neurons and it helps regulate with mood um BDNF, the last thing, it also helps with the brain um, adapting to injury or damage. So back to like if you were to have a concussion, you want to make sure that you have high BNF, BDNF levels because then that can help with the rebuilding process of your brain. It's actually been shown if you have low BDNF levels that you could have neurological or psychiatric disorders like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and bipolar disorder. Um, The research on these mice was found that the ones that were stressed and did not have lion's mane actually also had higher interleukin-6 levels and neurosis factor A levels. And... I know this was like a ton of information, but basically this paper showed me that lion's mane helps with increasing performance for students, not only by like increasing their focus and memory, but also helping with like the mental stress that you might be dealing with school. Because if you're, if you have that decrease inflammation from the stress that you are experiencing from school, let's say you're stressed out about a test, you're stressed out about the time or managing your time, maybe by taking lion's mane, this could help with increasing your BDNF by helping increasing your memory or attention, but also by increasing um, your ability to handle stress. And that's kind of like why people are so obsessed with adaptogens because they're like, it helps with maintain or like increasing your ability to handle stress. And the better you are able to handle stress, the more likely you are able to adapt to the stress that you're being given. And it just makes you a stronger organism. So that's super cool. Um, My eighth paper, I'm just going to like put a little like dividend here about it because it does kind of like go into talking about like just mental health in general and they did a study on lion's mane on healthy mice which was actually really cool because I know a lot of the studies that I've been talking about were all about like mice and people who may be experiencing decline in either cognitive performance or just in their health in general so they did a test on healthy mice that were reacting to new experiences and they found that by supplementing with lion's mane there was an increase 
and hippocampus activity, which I had already talked about. Um, and they also found that they were going out to seek new experiences. So let's say that you're trying to cope with like new topics with school with the additional stress that I was talking about. Lion's Mane could probably help with that. Or maybe let's say you want to like go out and try more things and be a little bit of a daredevil. You're like, I really want to go skydiving, but I'm kind of terrified to go and do it. Maybe take some Lion's Mane and it might turn you into more of a daredevil than you are now. Or maybe you're like um, really nervous about going and public speaking and trying that maybe by taking lines may not only will you improve your memory of the speech that you're trying to talk about but you might also like have the ability to cope with the stress of like trying and going to speak in a crowd so who knows we'll we'll never really know unless you try it <laughs> um but I know this podcast was like more informative and all this information and if you want more of a like digestible podcast that like talks about what I concluded from my research because I know that was like a lot of stuff that I had talked about and what I am doing now now that I know all this information and how or if you should take Lion's Mane I'm gonna take I'm gonna make a whole nother podcast is gonna be a part two of Lion's Mane on all those different things so that you can understand like hey should I actually like invest my money into taking Lion's Mane is it worth it is it just like this new little fad that's going through about adaptogens but um, with all that being said, I'm so happy that you listened to this entire podcast. If you did, I want to thank you so much. I think it's super cool that nature is able to like give us all these different mushrooms or different, I don't want to say supplements, but just like different things that it grows and you're able to um, actually use them instead of like constantly always taking medication. And if I can help you learn different things um, about different stuff around the world I would be completely interested in doing more podcasts maybe I could do it on the different types of adaptogens so if you want me to do one about ashwagandha um, there's also like rhodiola there's I'm trying to think of all the other ones but I'm kind of blanking on that um, but if you want me to do another podcast kind of like that uh, send me an email or do a direct message on Instagram I'd love to hear your thoughts about this podcast um, but again thank you so much for listening to this podcast and with all that being said I can't wait to babble thank you so much for listening to this episode of Becca Babbles podcast if you enjoyed this episode the best thing that you can do is leave a five-star rating and review on Apple podcast Spotify or any other listening platform of your choosing. If you want to learn more about me, you can do that by following me on Instagram at Becca and Wellness or by checking out my blog, freebies, offers, and newsletter on my website at BeccaAndWellness.com. If you want to share the love of the podcast, you can do that by taking a screenshot and sharing it on social media and tagging me and the podcast at Becca and Wellness and using the hashtag Becca Babbles Podcast. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I can't wait to babble with you next time.